Good morning, Glad Tidings Church. Well, 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 Merry Christmas. Hopefully you all are already far removed from the coma of all the overindulgence and the food and the goodies. I know it's not only me, guys. <laughs> but we thank you for being here in God's house. Uh, Pastor Walt and his family, they're still on vacation, still hitting the slopes. Everything seems to be going well there. So thank you for your prayers. And please, uh, we ask you to please continue to pray for Pastor and his family, that the Lord will continue to keep them safe and that they will be blessed in their vacation. Also, Pastor Jason and Carissa are with their family down south, and we ask you to pray for, pray for them as well as they, um, you know, as they spend time with family and get ready to come back to Omaha. All right? You guys going to do that? Yes, let's pray for our leaders. Thank you. All right, so, you know, two weeks ago, thereabouts, Pastor Wall talked about Mary and an encounter that she had with, um, with an angel, with Gabriel, right? And um, so, Pastor preached on that, and then the Lord placed, placed this passage of Scripture that I'm going to be speaking from this morning um, back then, and it's just been really moving in me and i said okay lord so i i sense that we need to talk about that so here we are luke chapter one and uh today we're going to be beginning in chapter one and we're going to read from verse seven to from verse five to verse seven this is the new living translation and um in this passage i'm going to kind of break it up so i'm going to read a few verses of scripture at a time all right so it's luke chapter one beginning on verse five when Herod was king of Judah, of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. So here in the story, we, we encounter these two wonderful people. So we have Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were awesome. They were the kind of people that every pastor wants on their team. They were the kind of people that every team leader wants on their team. I mean, they were faithful to God, right? They obeyed the Lord. They did everything that was required of them. But there was, there was a problem. They had no children. And this might not be a problem so much in our culture, but it was so in their culture. In the context of their culture, it was a problem because having no children or being barren was considered a curse, a reproach. It was considered in that time to be something caused by God, right? And the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord, right? So then for you not to have children at that time was, was frowned upon, if you will. And we can see some examples of that in, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 2, Genesis 30, verse 2, and 1 Samuel, um, 1 Samuel 1, 6. You know, but God, they were righteous and faithful people. How can this be? This is not fair, God. Have you ever had a moment like that in your life? When you're just doing everything right, but just things don't go your way. This is where they were at. They needed a breakthrough. They needed a breakthrough in their life. That's what Zechariah and Elizabeth needed. And let me just 
just for my own sake, define what that word means, breakthrough. An act or, or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction, the overcoming of a stalemate. Second definition, any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase that removes a barrier to progress, right? So that's what a breakthrough is. You're removing a barrier. You're moving forward. You're receiving increase, right? So I'm pretty sure that some of you in here have felt in your life that you needed a breakthrough at some point in your life. Maybe you might be there this morning. You feel you need a breakthrough. You need to move past some barriers in your life. You might need a breakthrough in your marriage. You might need a breakthrough in your finances. You might need a breakthrough in your job, in your relationship with your children, in your relationship with Jesus. You might need a breakthrough. You feel like there's a barrier there and you can't move forward. You know what I think is very significant about these two verses that we just read about Zechariah and Elizabeth? That they needed a breakthrough, but they didn't go out to try to help God achieve their breakthrough. You know, for somebody like me, and I, and I like to make things happen, so to speak, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of sit and wait for God to do what he wants to do. Um, you know, sometimes we are so blinded by our great need that we completely miss the purposes of the struggle. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we're so blinded by our, by our great need That we completely miss the purposes of the struggle that we are in. So Pastor Wall last week, he he says some things and, and he talked about that in order for us to be fit for service, we have to change our attitude about pain. That was one of the requirements to be fit for service, if you guys remember from last weekend. He said, vision gives pain a purpose. I think That statement is very profound. Vision gives pain a purpose. See, if you and I like vision, to know that God is for us, if you and I like vision, to know that all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, if you and I like the vision, to know that to God, A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. If we lack vision of that, then we go in place, you go to a place where we feel like the pain in our lives and the struggle in our lives have no purpose. We can't really understand it because we don't have a vision of what God wants us to see. Without a purpose, our pain becomes a, so great that to wait on the Lord is out of the question. The weight of the Lord becomes out of the question. And what happens is that we start to create a plan for our own breakthrough. So we don't have a vision. We can't see a purpose. This is too hard, God. I can't see it happening. So what we go out to do is we devise a plan to help God create our own breakthrough. Do you guys remember Sarah and Abraham in the Old Testament? She tried to manufacture her own breakthrough. Go with me real quick to Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. And the guys will have it on the screen. So Genesis 16, 1, it says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had, had not been able to bear children for him. 
But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So here we go. Sarah takes her, her servant, Hagar, gives her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him to, to be intimate with her and have, and have a baby. So Hagar has a son named Ishmael. This is what the Bible says about Ishmael, the son that Hagar had for Abraham. And this is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 12. This son of yours will be a wild man, an untamed, an untamed, as untamed as wild as a donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Does anybody see this as a bad idea? Right. There's a lot more stuff about Ishmael and, and what his lineage means and where, where that takes us now and the separation between Islam and, and Christianity and all that happened that we're not getting into today. But this was a bad idea. Bad idea. So Zechariah and Elizabeth were very old, but they did not go and create an Ishmael. So I got a couple of questions for you. Are you willing to live your life lacking something that you think that God owes you? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to create an Ishmael? Go outside of what God has for you. God gives a promise. And you go out and you try to fulfill it. God says, I will restore your marriage. You go and try to change your husband. God says, I will bring you a spouse. You go to Christian Mingle. <laughs> Not against that. Or even worse, you go to the bar. God says, he's going to bring me a spouse, right? God says, I will provide. And then you go and get three jobs and stop coming to church or your small group. Because God said he will provide. So I'm going to do what I need to do, right? See, and I'm not saying there are not things that you need to do that you and I need to do. But just let me give you a quick story of something that happened to me early in my walk and, and uh, how I began to learn what it meant to depend on God. Um, my wife, Victoria, when our know, first child was born, Elijah, she went into bed rest very early. We both were working, both trying to pay down aggressively some, some heavy debts in our lives because we were not taught us. Many of you young people are taught here at Glad Tidings that um, we need to be good stewards of our, financials, uh, of our finances. So nobody taught us that. So we're trying to get out of debt. She gets pregnant. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then, boom, she can't work no more because she's on bed rest very early in her pregnancy. We were depending on both of those incomes. And I'm here racking my brain how we're going to make this happen. What's going to happen, God? God said, I, will, I am your provider. I said, good, you are my provider. So I'm here sitting, praying, and that's all I'm hearing. God is my provider. So then what do I go do? I start looking, and I have more month at the end than money, right? Or whatever, however the saying goes. So what do I go do? And I say, okay, God, I think I know what you mean. So I go and try to get another job, right? So I go get this job 
And, and I see it as an open door. They accept me for the job. I say, God, open a door for me. This is amazing. This is fantastic. God is answering my prayers, right? This job was going to completely, completely stop me from coming to church when I need to be here. It was going to really take me away from my wife who was in desperate need of me at the time. I mean, really, I was not going to have any spare time other than sleep and work. But God opened the door. So I'm like, yeah, this is an open door. The week that I'm supposed to go to my training, I have this wrestling that I'm feeling like, I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable about this job. And I, again, I was trying to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so the day that I'm going to my training, I go in and God says, you need to go in there and say that you're not taking this job. Like, this does not make any sense. He said, I am your provider. I was like, yeah, and you gave me this job. He said, no, I did not. Um, and for some of you, just to clarify, um, the Holy Spirit does speak to you. Try it. He will. And you'll learn how to dif- differentiate between your flesh, the you, that is really gunky and bad and stuff and says things that you shouldn't say inside of you. And then the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. You'll get to hear that anyway. But back to my story. So I'm hearing this and I'm like, no, you gave me this job. No, I, it was not me. You did it on yourself. You created your Ishmael. So I go in there and I go and met with the manager. And at this point, I'm still thinking, no, we need this job. We need this job. When we get in there, then I start telling, telling him, well, um, see, uh, I, I quit. <laughs> he says, what? I say, I can't take this job. And he's like, you haven't even started. And I'm like, I know, but this is what happens. See, my wife is on bed rest. And I tell him the story and I tell him that hey, I've been praying and God said he was going to provide. And now he's telling me that I can't take this job because it's going to take away, take me away from the two most important things at the time in my life. when they still are because it was Jesus and my wife. Did you hear it? They're still the most important things in my life. Guys, take note of that. Now that your kids... Now your career, Jesus, number one, your wife, number two. That's the order that he put it in. Anyway, that's another message. So I go and tell this man, he's, he, he doesn't know what to do with that information. He's like, what? So then I told him, I said, man, I thank you so much for that opportunity. I really, really appreciate it, but I just can't do it. My heart doesn't let me do it. My mind doesn't let me do it. God is just, and he's like, you know what? He's like, I respect a man like that. Again, I don't understand it, but he shook my hand. Whenever you're looking for a job, come and see me. I said, great. I walked out of there. I felt great. And I get in my car and I'm like, yes, feels so good. I sit down. I'm like driving. Whoa, Jesus, you're so good. And you know, the speaking in tongues and everything. And then my mind kicks in and says, dude, you still don't have enough money. (laughs) So what do I do? I have to go back on my knees. Say, okay, God. You say you're my provider. That was your promise to me. So you do it. I'm out of the way. I'm going to minister to my wife and do what I know that I need to do. That's what I did. We're never in lack. We never needed anything. The bills got paid. And to this day, I still don't know how it all happens. But God works it out in ways that you and I can. Amen? And I took a little longer on that story that I should have. But anyway, it was good. Say it was good. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So warning. This is a warning. Do not... Try to manufacture your own breakthrough. Do not. Do not attempt to do something in the natural that God wants to do in a supernatural way in your life. Okay. 
So after many years of praying for a child and waiting for God to answer, we get to the part of the story when God sends a messenger to Zechariah. And we picked up the story again in verse 8. So verse 8 of chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, it says, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the, of the incense altar. Check out what verse 8 says. Zechariah was serving God in the temple. Zechariah was ministering to the Lord when this angel appeared. Last past Sunday, this past Sunday, Pastor Wall talked about being fit for service again. And, and one of the things that he said, one of the requirements to be fit for service, he says, we have to have undivided loyalty. Undivided lawyer, loyalty unto the Lord. See, Zechariah loyalty towards God was not depending upon his, his prayers being answered. He was loyal to God. He was called to be a priest. He served as a priest regardless whether God answered his prayer or not. And that's what he was doing that day. May I suggest to you that maybe if Zechariah had not been focusing on being fit for service, he would have missed his breakthrough. If Zechariah wasn't faithful in doing what he had been called to do, if Zechariah was not loyal to the Lord in that way, maybe he would have missed that breakthrough. Just this week, I was listening to Chris Volaton in one of his messages, and he said this quote, and, and it's just so, um, just so spoke to me, and I trust that it will do the same for you. He said, there are some people who do extraordinary, extraordinary things in life, but there are very few people who do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. He continued to say, I think God promotes you to do something extraordinary when you do the ordinary in a way that no one has ever seen before. Many, many of us want to do the, extra, the extraordinary. But God is just looking for people that are doing the ordinary thing very well. And then promotions come. Check out in, in verse 8. It says, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. Zechariah was just doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was just doing his duty. But God had different plans. See, Zechariah was doing the ordinary thing. And he had been doing it for years. This is just not a one-day thing, a two-day thing, a five-month thing, a year thing. He had been doing it for years. But God was getting ready to promote him to the extraordinary. Check out with the next verse in verse 9. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. I love this. I so love this. So God takes this, just an ordinary casting of lots. To pick Zechariah to enter the temple, to enter and burn incense unto the Lord. He uses an ordinary thing like that to put Zechariah in the very place he needed to be in order to receive his breakthrough. Do you understand what's happening here? Just a very mundane thing, casting, casting lots. 
just amazing how God works. Now, it reminds me of a, of a quick conversation I had with, with Susie, my assistant. And some of you guys know her. She's awesome and amazing. And she said this to me a few weeks back. She said, you know, I'm so thankful that God had placed me here at Glad Tidings and I get to serve here in this team. And she said, and it all began in looking for a house here in Omaha. Her and her family have moved from Nebraska City to Omaha. And she just happened to be at the right time. At the right place at the right time. So at the house that she went to look at, the family there was a Glad Tidings family. Deep roots of Glad Tidings. Deep roots. And she found out they came to Glad Tidings. They invited her to Glad Tidings Church. She came to Glad Tidings. Loved it. Jesus met her here. And then she started volunteering. She started volunteering. And then before you know it, she volunteered during the week too in children's ministry. And as she volunteered in children's ministry, then they gave her more assignments. Then they gave her a couple of few hours a week paid. And then after that, she went to a part-time position here. And then God moved her from children's ministry to serve with our team full-time. Something so simple as looking for a house. See, when you're expecting God to move on your behalf, when you expect God to do extraordinary things that you cannot do, He does them. And you just need to have your eyes wide open to see them. Amen? Alright, so notice what Zachariah was doing when the angel appeared. Verse 10, it says, while the incense was being burnt. And then verse 11 says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary. So Zechariah was in the holy place burning incense at the golden altar. This golden altar and this incense represents the prayers and the adoration of God's people going up to heaven. You know, in Psalms. 141 verse 2 and in Revelation 5 8 as examples. So Zechariah was in the presence of God. So I ask you, why is this significant? Why is this so significant? And I asked the Lord, why? Why did the angel appear to Zechariah in the holy place? Why there? Why not on the way to his house? Why not at the market when he's shopping? Why in the holy place? So the Lord says something. Again, if I'm freaking you out, that's okay. God does speak to me. And I know he speaks to you too. He's got to be listening. So when I said the Lord, why in the holy place? The Lord said, Zacharias, my priest, and I speak to him in my presence. Wow. (laughs) To me, that is very phenomenal because I understand now how he speaks to me and how he speaks to you. We have to be in his presence. And I'm not talking about Sunday morning. Check what Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 says. Maybe this will give us a little bit of a context. Revelations 5 9. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break the seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests. Say a kingdom of priests. For our God. And they will reign on the earth. We are a kingdom of priests for our God. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? So you are a priest. For your God. So he speaks to you in his very presence. See, that's why that was crucial. And that's why I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why we must seek his presence. That's why I feel 
I hear him best when I am in his presence, whether it's corporately or individually. But man, like when I'm in his presence, when I am there, just just ministering to him, just burning the incense on the altar. And there's just my prayers going up and my adoration is going up unto Jesus. And he gets to the throne. It's like it wakes. I mean, he doesn't sleep. But it's, to me, it's like maybe it awakens me. You know how incense, kind of the smell, that aroma. When I lived in New York, man, there was a whole lot of people burning incense. And they were not to Jesus. But my whole building smelled that way. And anyway... So it's like that happens. And then it's like this uninterrupted communion, communication, where I'm really open to hearing from heaven. That's why here at Glatinus, we emphasize and we emphasize participate in worship. When Morgan or Carissa or Pastor Drew get up here and they say, you know, praise to the Lord, sing a song to the Lord, just call out to God. That's not just because we want to feel better about ourselves being up here. Because frankly, I'm not going to say that I don't care. I do care. But I don't mind if you participate or say hallelujah or amen. Thank you, Jesus, when I'm preaching. It doesn't really matter to me. But see... When we're worshiping God, when we come on here and we say participate, it's because it's between you and Jesus. It's between earth and heaven. And something needs to break through, and that is your praise. Because you go, we are against an enemy who does not want you to open your mouth. Because he knows what happens when the saints open their mouth and they start declaring, you alone are God, you are worthy of praise, there is no one like you. I can do all things through you who strengthens me. Oh God, I need you. You see what I mean? He doesn't want you to do things like that. He wants you to keep quiet and keep your hands in your pocket. And just be, hmm, hmm. And that might work for you. But let me tell you, that's not what I read in the scriptures. I read of men and women that were calling out to God, that were desperate, that they could just not be silenced. They will not be silent. Can't stop, won't stop, right? Some of my young people know that. So that's why we emphasize that. That's why we continuously tell you, come to prayer meetings, join us. All right, back to the text. So we are Luke chapter one still, and we're going to pick up the story again in verse 12 and the beginning of verse 12 it says that Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him but the angel said don't be afraid Zechariah God has heard your prayer your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his, his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or another alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn away Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So, now, the angel comes and tells Zechariah, 
Do not be afraid. And on verse 13, the first part of verse 13, he says, God has heard your prayer. The original Greek here, he has heard your prayer, means that your prayer was heard, implying that that prayer is no longer offered anymore because of their age. So they used to pray this prayer, and now the prayer has been answered from prayers that they were praying years ago, right? What prayers have you given up on? Because it has not been answered the way you thought it ought to be answered. When will God receive most glory? Let me ask you. When a 25-year-old young lady who was barren, who could not have children, gets pregnant and have a child, or a 60-year-old woman gets pregnant who could not have a child and gets pregnant? Wow, you guys are not participating at all. So who, who, when does God receive more glory? A 25 or a 60? Okay. Um, but it should be the same thing, right? I mean, because, again, we were just talking about this, Jesus and I. So I, it really doesn't matter. Because if a 25 years old is impossible, it does not really matter what the age is. Because a 25 is impossible, and if a 60 is impossible, then it's just impossible, right? So God should receive the same glory. But see, this is how we think. If you were praying for last, last year for something... Because only God can do it. What difference does it make how long it takes? Again, you were praying last year and it was impossible because you couldn't do it, right? Nobody you know on this earth could do this thing, right? And you were praying a year for this thing and it has not come to pass. So now, what difference does it make how long it takes? It's still impossible. So we don't stop. We can't stop. You understand what I'm saying? As I was preparing this message, and as I looked it over, because I look it over several times, and God speaks different things, and there was a, a prophetic word, a word that God, I feel that God wants me to share with some of you. This is specifically for some of you in this room, and the word is that some of you have given up on your breakthrough while God is still working on your behalf to make it come to pass. Some of you have given up. On your breakthrough while God is still at work on your behalf to bring it to pass. Okay. So here comes the breakthrough. Verse 13, the second part. Your wife Elizabeth will have a child, a son. Boom. The promise of a breakthrough. Up to this point, they had nothing. For years, they had nothing. Being faithful, nothing. But now Gabriel shows up. Boom, gives them the promise of a breakthrough. That is amazing. That is just great. And there's a lot packed in the following verses, 14 through 13. So let's go through that very quickly. Um, the first thing is there's going to be joy. The joy of the breakthrough. Verse 14 says, you will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. You get that job. You get that spouse. You get healed. And you're filled with gladness. You're filled with joy, right? Because you, re- you, you receive that, that, that promise of that breakthrough. But there, with a breakthrough, there comes some, uh, some requirements, though. So in verse 13 and 15, there are a couple of requirements there. The verse 13 says, you are to name him John, which means 
God shows favor. In verse 15, he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. So you get a breakthrough, but you don't want to fulfill the requirements. How is that possible, Pastor? Well, it happens all the time. The Lord brings you a wife, and your requirement is to love her sacrificially like Christ loved the church that died for her. But you can't do that because it's too tough and she nags too much. Right? The Lord brings you a husband. And your only requirement, the only requirement you have is to honor him and be submissive to him as unto Christ as the head of the church. Your husband is to be the head of the home. But you can't do that either. After he brings you that husband. Why? Because he acts like a three-year-old. So the Lord gets you that job. And your requirement is to do all things as unto the Lord and honor those in authority. But you can't do that because your boss treats you like a donkey and puts load upon load on you. And he doesn't understand. And you just can't work for that man unsaved. Right? There are requirements that come with that breakthrough. There's also the purpose of the breakthrough. There was a reason why John the Baptist was being born. Verse 16 says, and he will turn away the Israelites to their God. Also says in verse 17, he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And later in that verse says, he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. There is a purpose for your breakthrough. It must point others to the power, majesty, and glory of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of your breakthrough. As good as it feels, as much joy and gladness as you receive, it is to point others to the glory of Jesus, to the majesty of Jesus, and to the power of your Father in heaven that wants to invade earth and wants to invade your atmosphere and your area of influence. We as believers now... Have the role of John the Baptist. John was to prepare the Israelites for the coming Messiah. Jesus was soon to be born. And now we, the church, need to be preparing people for the coming of the Lord. Except that this next time when Jesus comes, it's not going to be as a little baby in a manger wrapped up in clothes, right? It's going to be as a conquering king. He's going to go with the armies of heaven and he's going to wage war against our enemy, right? So that's what we need to be preparing those around us. So then let's go to verse 18. And, uh, and we're almost done here. So in verse 18, Zechariah opens his mouth. Here's what happens. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now and my wife is also well along in, in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I have said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Say, at the proper time. I tend to ask God a lot of questions. And so, when I read this, and what happened to Zachariah here, I was a little bit discouraged. And the reason for that is because... um, Zechariah asked Gabriel a question, and I think it was a very valid question at that, okay? Um, 
and Gabriel basically told him to shut up. Shut up for a long time. Shut up. Um, so the reason why I was discouraged was because in, in just a few verses later, in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, we find Mary asking a similar question to the same angel. And she said, but how can I, can this happen? I am a virgin. So she's basically asking, in my opinion, the same thing that Zachariah was asking. But she got a completely different result, right? Say yes. Okay. Um, and, and so I asked the Lord, I said, why, why was this different? Why, why is this, this encounter? Same angel, not a different guy. So we can't even say that he had a bad attitude. It was the same dude. Um, and the Lord just, just pointed two things to me. Number one was because it was the heart behind the question, not the question itself. Okay. The Bible says in Psalms 44, 21, God will surely have known it for he knows the secrets of every heart. Mary was asking this, this question out of ignorance, if you will, but not in Zechariah's case. Zechariah was asking this question because of unbelief. So that was the difference. And then the second difference was because Zechariah could become a stumbling block for his wife, Elizabeth. Because he has the doubt, he has the unbelief, and who was going to get pregnant? Not him. It was Elizabeth. So what happened if he opens his mouth, right? Then that doubt and that unbelief grows in somebody else. See, Pastor Walt talked a couple of weeks back that Glad Tidings Church is being pregnant with the miraculous. And see, we can't afford to have anyone speak to us without. We can't allow it. See, and that's what Gabriel was doing right here. You say, okay, Zachariah, you're not going to believe? Shut it. There's another component of us waiting for our breakthrough. And that is timing. What was the purpose of John the Baptist being born? You can answer that. Say it louder. Yep, that was the purpose. He was to prepare the way of the Lord. That's what John the Baptist was doing. This would take a lot of work. This would take a lot of work. And John, John cannot do at 60 years old. He cannot be 60 years old by the time Jesus came on the scene. This is going to take a lot of work. So we needed a young man doing that and doing all the baptizing and calling all the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, and just leveling the playing field, right? Bringing all the high things low. So there was a timing that this needed to happen. So Gabriel said in verse 20, for my words to certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I never paid attention to this before. But the reason why Zachariah and Elizabeth had to wait so long for their breakthrough was because the purpose for their breakthrough... For they waited so much because there was a purpose for their breakthrough. And it couldn't come any sooner. It had to come when it came. It was at the proper time. So I'm telling you here today that if you have not received your breakthrough, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, because there is a purpose for my breakthrough. And it cannot happen when I want it. It cannot happen when you want it. It has to happen when God has ordained it. You understand? 
Could it be that you focus on your breakthrough? That you're so focused on your breakthrough that you can't see God's purpose for it. It happens at the proper time. One last thing. Your breakthrough, your miracle becomes a testimony of God's faithfulness to others. Say that again. Your breakthrough, your miracle becomes a a testimony of God's power to others. After Gabriel drops the bomb on Mary and she, he tells her that her life is about to forever change. This is what Gabriel tells her. And this is a little later in, in Luke chapter 1. So Luke chapter 1 verse 36 and 37. He says, what's more, your, rel- your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. So if God did it in Elizabeth's life, can he do it in yours? Is it possible that he wants to do something in your life that you can't do on your own? Can you please stand? You may, be, you may be here today. Yeah, before I share that. Okay, so I see a picture. See one of those big things that dig in the ground that they use construction. What are those called? Backhole excavator. Good. That sounds good. I go with that. So I see one of those in my mind just excavating, pulling a whole bunch of dirt up. God is saying there's there's someone here today that what he wants to do in your life is beyond the surface. What he wants to do in your life is deep, deep down inside and pull stuff out. Bring it out. So then this Holy Spirit could do a work in your life. I didn't come up with that. He's speaking to you specifically this morning. So... You may be here this morning and the breakthrough that you need is Jesus. The breakthrough that you need is a relationship with the God who created you, the God that loves you beyond comprehension, the one that gave himself for you. See, we don't come to Jesus because of the stuff. We come to him because of the person come to Jesus because he is coming back and he's not coming back as a baby but as a conquering king we come to Jesus because our sins are so great that need to be paid for and he is the only acceptable payment so if that's you today I'm going to ask you to do something very bold and that's to lift your hand and say My breakthrough is Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. So if that's you, can you lift your hand boldly? I see that hand, ma'am. You upstairs, ma'am. Sir in the back. Ma'am back there. I see you, sir. Ma'am, I see you as well. I see you right here, ma'am. 
Sir, young lady, I see you, see you. Many hands, many hands. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God is moving in this place. Now, I'm going to ask you to do a second thing, which is very bold, and it's to meet me here. Why? Because we need to enter the presence. And I have a picture in my mind that this, not because I'm up here, but this is where God wants to meet you. Where he is. He is in this place all over. He wants to meet you specifically right here up front. So if you lifted your hand, come up here. Let's do this. Thank you, Jesus. life for you when you were still a sinner you don't have to get all fixed up and be super nice and be all done he gave his life for you when you were messy when you were dirty and right now you have made a decision and say you know what i need to push past this barrier in my life i need breakthrough i need a personal relationship with jesus in a way that i've never had it before i'm going to ask some of our prayer warriors to come and and gather behind you and they will pray with you in a moment because there's some other stuff that God wants to do here as I pray as you pray with me we're going to do here is just a declaration we're going to pray and declare this word because your brain does not perceive something as truth until it comes out of your mouth and the bible says that if you confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord and that god raised him from the dead you will be saved and that's what we're going to do right now so you that are up front here repeat after me you say this declaration and then the prayer workers will pray with you will talk to you Father in heaven, I am a sinner, and I come to you today because I need breakthrough. I need Jesus, and I receive Jesus, and I trust Jesus with my life, and now I am ready to give him my whole life. For the rest of my life. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you pay the price. For all of my sins. And now I stand here. As a child of God. Thank you Jesus. I love you Jesus. In Jesus name. All right, so if you that are up front right here, if you will turn around, talk to those that are right behind you. We're not done here, church. We're not done. And I know we don't have too much room, but even if you want to do it on the corners or in the aisle, I don't care. But see, 
perhaps you, like Elizabeth and, and like Zechariah, you have been waiting for a very long time for your breakthrough. You can't see the purpose for your wait yet. And you don't understand it. But you sense that, you know what, there must be a purpose. You heard this message and you're saying there is a purpose for my wait. And if you desire to continue to be faithful to the Lord, come up. If you desire to continue to be faithful to the Lord and you know that that breakthrough has not happened, but now you say, you know what, it will happen and I need to continue to be faithful and I need to continue to trust in the way, step to the aisle, step to the corners and you say to the Lord, say, Lord Jesus, I know that my breakthrough is coming. I know that my breakthrough is coming. I know that my healing is coming. I know that my marriage will be restored. I know that my relationship with my children will be restored. I know that my relationship with you is being restored right now. Just say it with your own lips, with your own mouth. You don't need me to pray for you. Just open your mouth. Declare it with your own lips. God, I thank you for what you're doing here today. I thank you, oh God, for the hearts and minds of your people, oh God. I thank you, Father, that your spirit is doing a, a work here that no man can do. That you're doing, some, doing something supernatural in this place, oh God. And we thank you. Thank you, oh God. visited us today. Thank you that you are in our midst, O oh God, and thank you that you are moving in the hearts and minds of your people, O oh Lord. Father, I pray for them. I pray, Father, that as they walk from this place, O oh God, that they will not depart from your presence. I pray, O oh God, that we may unite ourselves, O oh God, with you, that we may seek you in the secret place, O oh God, that you may reward us openly, O oh Lord. I pray, Father, that we would not be weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, oh God. Father, I pray blessing upon your people, oh God, upon these that make it a declaration that their breakthrough is you, that they want Jesus in their lives. Father, may you guard them, oh God. May we cover them, oh Lord. May you display your power and glory in their lives, oh God. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great Sunday, and as you leave this place, be, please be mindful of those who might still be praying in the altar, okay? Thank you so much.